0: Tompkins. Hey, how
1: you doing everybody? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Nobody Currently. These are the mixtape days and these are the days where you gotta persevere and choose to persist because you've got no other option. The days where you're in the studio down here after midnight hoping that you don't wake up your brother and he doesn't come down here and yell because you're yelling in the studio and it's past midnight and the guy's trying to get some sleep these are the episodes and the intros that you just hope bring you back in, make you feel reconnected to why we're down here in the first place. And it's conversations like this conversation on this episode with today's guest, Kayla Weber Nord, that gives me the confidence to keep going with it. So that's what I'm gonna do. Let me tell you about Kayla Weber Nord. Kayla Weber Nord is a force to be reckoned with. She's an artist, a mother, An entrepreneur, a live event painter, and oh yeah, she also plans weddings in her spare time when she's not traveling the world with her husband or hopping on podcasts like this one right here. Hey, her mom always knew that she was gifted. She still has the binder of Kayla's earliest creations from when she was just two years old. Her academic advisor in college knew it too. She's the one who recommended Kayla switch majors to art education, plus It meant getting to study abroad. 4,718 miles away from Lexington, Kentucky, in Florence, Italy. Look it up. That is the exact distance. Shout out to Google. Immersed in the birthplace of the Renaissance, with her Italian teacher critiquing every stroke standing behind her back and her old Kentucky home weighing heavy on her heart, that's where Kayla's artistry truly began to emerge. There was just one question. How the hell was she going to make money from her art, let alone make a career out of it? Fast forward a little bit, she'd been teaching elementary art for a couple years now and painting commissioned pieces for friends and family on the side, and that's where her style was ultimately defined. Staring at a scene she had brought to life, one with movement and vivid colors and intensity, that's the moment she realized painting Kentucky things was her thing. That's how she was going to do it. And release after release, drop day after drop day, as her work continued to sell out, she realized it might be getting time to quit her day job. In 2018, she did. Ask her how her business is doing. The answer booming. Throughout this episode, you will hear her share her story, how she did it, what she's learned, and why this journey was uniquely her own. If you enjoy this episode half as much as we enjoyed playing it for you because we had a ball, please let us know by dropping a quick rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, or by sharing it with someone you know would also dig this episode as well. And by the way, if you are a brand new listener, my day one's right here in the trenches, shout out. If you dig this episode and the themes we touch in this episode, entrepreneurship, leaning into your creative gifts and talents, starting a business, forging your own path, and doing it through the lens of being a woman, I think you would dig these episodes as well. Morgan McCombs on launching Empower Now, earning her New York stripes and living unapologetically. Jade Stanton on BPD, breaking the cycle and living a healthier life. Sarah Merrill, the creator of Big Kid Problems, on ditching the corporate world, faking it till you become it, and getting out of your own head. And most recently, Kristen Garland on solopreneurship, nurturing growth, and overcoming internal and external expectations. And if you're wondering, who the hell is this guy and why do I want to keep listening and learning more about him? I can't explain it, but I just want to hear more of him talking. Then please check out some of those other episodes. Please check out the beautiful website that Kristen designed for me, iridewithbennytee.com. Bada bing, bada boom. Read the post. Allow me to reintroduce myself. And there you go, my friends. Now that you're along for the ride, I hope you'll continue to stick with me and see where it all goes. Without further ado, my friends, please enjoy this conversation with Kayla Weber Nord. All right. I am joined now by Kayla Weber Nord. Kayla, how you doing today? I'm good. How
0: are
1: you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for your time and sitting down to do this. I've been looking forward to this one for a while.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks
1: for having me. (laughs) Of course. I think it's really cool what you do. I have a lot of respect and admiration for other creatives and watching just... um, We've got a ton of your products, like your hand towels and stuff. My mom is an artist, too. And so she's a huge fan. When I told her that we booked you for the show, she was like, oh, my God. So she actually submitted a couple of more technical questions for you because um, So I was like, all right, great, great, great mom. So, um, yeah, really excited and really appreciate you doing this.
0: Yeah, of course. That's, I didn't know your mom was a fan. That's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of women in Kentucky are fans of you, so it's really cool to get you on the show and talk about your artist journey and your creative process and get to know more about your story as well.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I'm, I'm ready. What do you want to know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's start with where you grew up and how you grew up.
0: So Obviously, I was born in Lexington, lived here my whole life elementary through high school here and then actually just went down the road to Transylvania University so I never really left Lexington um loved it obviously had an awesome childhood here I was always painting and drawing from a very young age I did a lot of art in like high school and you know a lot of painting and had really great art teachers throughout all my schooling which really helped kind of like push me and stuff but um I always thought I wanted to be an elementary education teacher, just like first grade or second grade. I wasn't really sure. I knew I wanted to have a small art business on the side at 17. I'm like a big journaler and I like journaled out what I wanted to do with my life. So I found it recently and I thought it was pretty cool at 17. I kind of planned my whole life and said, I wanted to be a teacher and have a small art business and be a wedding planner on the weekends. So Kind of crazy that I ended up doing all three of those and still do plan some weddings and stuff on the side. So it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I definitely did not see myself being a full-time artist when I was younger, just because I never really saw myself being like a gallery artist or having gallery showings or my art like hosted in different areas and stuff like that. And I just didn't think you could make a living as a an artist. So I never really saw that as like my true career path, I guess. I was like, you know, I'll do the teaching thing and I can do stuff on the side and still have my summers and have a family and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so I went to college uh, at Transy and just, you know, set on being a teacher. Didn't even really think about being an art teacher.
1: What year did you graduate?
0: I graduated in 2012. Okay. I, um, I graduated high school, 2008, college, 2012, but yeah, I never really, I don't know why it never dawned on me like, Hey, do the art teaching thing. That would make more sense. But, um, I was taking tons of art classes in college. My advisor was like, why are you taking all these classes? Like it has nothing to do with your major. And she was like, why don't you switch to art teaching? And then you can study abroad. You can do all these other awesome things. Cause you love traveling and stuff like that. And so I was like, Oh, hello, light bulb. And I switched my major teaching art and then i was able to study in florence italy uh, for a semester and that was awesome it was the best thing ever i'd always traveled a lot with like my grandma and my dad's side of the family but i hadn't really been abroad so i got to go live in florence italy for a whole semester and i had an awesome painting professor there named melania and she would stand behind me and tell me that my painting was terrible and to fix it, this is horrible. (laughs) And so like, literally, oh, it was so scary. She just stand like I'm having watched the whole thing. I'm like, can you go away? And like, let me be like with the painting and not seriously over me, yeah. So that was terrifying, but it made me grow a lot as an artist. And I think in Italy is really where I like figured out my style and just realized how passionate I was about painting. But yeah, so I came back after that, graduated. Really wanted to take a year off and just travel, but I got a job right away. I was like, "Dang!" <laughs> actually, I <was laughs> excited. Um, no, I got a teaching art job at an elementary school. So I started teaching at 22 and taught for about six years. I think I'm fast forwarding really quick, but um, we're going to circle really back to a lot, lot of my, this. Thing. My childhood, but um, <laughs> yeah. You can stop me at any point. I don't know. I just started blabbering and rambling. Uh, no,
1: just keep going. Yeah,
0: That's the you know younger part of my life, I guess.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> Definitely a lot to come back to, okay, but it's great. Yeah, I went yeah.
0: really fast. I was like twenty-two years of a story. There you go.
1: <laughs> oh, amazing! Amazing. Where did you go to high school?
0: I went to Dunbar High School. Okay. In
1: Washington. And when did you start creating?
0: Truly, my mom has a booklet, like a huge binder of all my little drawings and paintings since I was like two or three years old. So she said I was like coloring the lines at three and was just always wanting to paint and draw and color. And yeah, so she knew that I had like a, a gift and, you know, at a young age, you could just tell she really pushed me to do all that kind of stuff and was always taking me to art classes and just, you know, let me create and... Get messy and stuff. So yeah, definitely like young young, she could definitely tell.
1: How did it evolve as you moved through middle school and high school and your formative years when you're an adolescent and when you're getting into college? What did that look like for you?
0: You know, obviously I took as many art classes I could. I love taking painting classes and um, middle school. You know, you only get you can only take so many that make you take, you know, certain classes. So I didn't really get to do a lot in middle school. I actually in high school applied to be in the Governor's School of the Arts program. I don't know if you've heard of that the <laughs> Kentucky, um, like GSA or whatnot, and I did not get in. Um, they only, I think they only picked like 10 students from across Kentucky. So I did not get in, and that was a big bummer. Um, oh. I know, so crazy. So, and like, I feel like I didn't, I mean, I was good. I could definitely paint realistically and was really good at like showing exactly what it was supposed to look like, but I didn't really have like, super like crazy imaginative style that was like different I feel like it was just very like by the book like I'm gonna paint this to look just like this and I could do it but there was nothing like I didn't probably stand out to the GSA people is what I'm saying
1: mm.
0: but yeah in high school definitely I took like all the way up to like painting three and I was always trying different classes and but it was definitely painting that was like always the thing that I was drawn to for sure.
1: What were you majoring in in Transy before you switched?
0: Um, just elementary education. Okay. Yeah, so I just thought I was going to be a teacher. didn't really think about the fact that I could do art teaching. But, yeah, so it was a big moment when I finally was like, oh, yeah, that would make sense. Do the two things I really love, like teaching children and art. So that was um, – I was scared to switch, I think, because, you know, usually every elementary school or even high school usually has, like, one – Maybe two art teachers per school. So I thought, you know, if I switch my major, I might not get a job because there's only, you know, usually you have one art teacher and they're there for like 30 years. You don't usually like swap or switch around or whatnot. So I was like, yeah, I might shoot myself in the foot if I switch and I won't be able to find a job. And then this will just be terrible. But of course, the year I graduated, It was awesome. There was like five openings. So I got to kind of interview. I interviewed at Dunbar, which that was always my dream, actually, was to go back and teach at Dunbar. Yeah, I didn't get the job, but then I got this uh, job at elementary school like the next week. And then they ended up calling me back at Dunbar after I just accepted the elementary job. And they said, actually, we have another one open. We want to offer you this one. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had to kind of choose between the two. That was a hard decision, but. I went with elementary cause I was like, I'm 22. I can't, and i probably already, I know some of these kids that are still at Dunbar. Like it would just be really weird to be teaching like my brother's age friends and other people that I just left Dunbar with basically. So yeah, so that was, I was like, elementary seems a little more less scary because the kids are 10 and under. So um, <laughs> yeah, I ended up teaching elementary. It was a great decision. I actually met my husband at the school I was teaching at. So that was, it all happened for a reason, for Very sure.
1: Very cool. Yeah. What does he do? What is, is he a teacher as well?
0: Yes, he was the PE teacher. I was art teacher. We were like across the hall, and we didn't. He was actually dating my roommate at the time. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other story in itself. <laughs> uh, but oh, we nice. were dating, obviously, when we first when I first started. So we told the kids because all the kids we were like both young, and we'd always be. Talking and hanging out at school, and uh, we told all our students because they kept being like, "Oh, Mr. Nord, Miss Lover, you, your boyfriend and girlfriend." We're like, "No, we're not. We're you know, we're not. We're we're cousins." We like made it this whole story to them just so they would stop. <laughs> and then we started dating, and there's still kids out there. I think think I married my cousin. I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! Wow, that is so embarrassingly Kentucky. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly, I know. There's, yeah, some scarred children out there. I'm like, sorry guys, he's not really my cousin. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so he's a he was a PE teacher. He's now the counselor at the same school. So he's, he's still there. Very it. cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're onto something with starting, like where you start, because when I was a junior in high school, My art teacher was Miss Pirellis and she came in and she was a very recent graduate from college and this was her first teaching job. And I apologize to her even now if I see her or we talk because I'm like, I am so sorry that we were the ones that you broke the ice with because I was in medicine High School and the class that we had, there was a couple of other knuckleheads in there and we, you know. To be so young and to be around kids that are really testing your limits, that can be a tough thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just being so close in age. I mean, I even when I was student teaching, I had to student teach at Bryan Station High School. And um, I remember I'm like, you know, a senior in college, obviously, but I'm about the same height of all the kids there. <laughs> I, they wouldn't let me in the building. Sometimes I'd get there early to come and like set up and, you know, be the teacher and they'd be like, you can't come in yet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm like, let me in, please. I'm not a student. <laughs> uh, Even and you're walking in the hallways, it's just, it was, that was very eye-opening as a student teacher. Like, oh my gosh, these kids are bigger than me. They're only like, what, four years younger than me. So yeah, it would have been really difficult, I feel like, to be so young and teaching high school, but I guess people do it all the time. So I was just yeah. like very intimidated, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up a Kentucky basketball fan?
0: You know, we, yes, of course. Um, and I played sports my whole life too. I, which was the kind of a weird thing that I was like into the art stuff, but then also played volleyball, softball, basketball, you know, all the, all the sports also. Um, hey. Yeah, I know. I actually, I played um, volleyball at Trans-Z too for several years there. So that was cool. Just I got the team aspect going on too with the sports and stuff. But yeah, I, I've always been a UK basketball fan. I'm not like super into it. My husband is probably going to be very upset that I said <laughs> <laughs> I watch games. I have, well, I half I watch them. I really like the last five minutes. Everything else before that, I'm like,
1: yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was a freshman in Lexington in 2012. And mm-hmm. so. Oh, yes. I remember having friends who played like transy baseball. They would come in and party because the schools were so close. Uh-huh. Did you come and wander into Lexington when that Anthony Davis season and the 2012 oh, championship was going on?
0: Oh yeah. And I was, so I was senior obviously. And yeah, that was a fun time. I was downtown during all that. that. So. <laughs> it's a good time for sure.
1: <laughs> so much of it has changed. I mean, I'm sure you're in that area. So you've seen just the development that's happened downtown and yeah,
0: it's crazy. We drive through there and we're just like, oh my gosh, when did that pop up? Like, there's like a Target downtown now. I'm like, this is wild. I'm like, well, I wasn't this here back a hundred years ago.
1: (laughs) Oh, listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you graduate from Transy, you switch majors, and I don't think I asked this. Was there something specific that made you want to make that pivot, or well, you kind of touched on it with just not wanting to limit yourself with elementary education versus art education. But was there a moment that you remember as being that talk in the mirror moment where you were like, all right, Kayla, this is it. I'm going to speak to the people. I'm going to set this in motion. Did you have a moment like that?
0: Oh, yeah, it was um, definitely when I was speaking with my advisor and she was kind of the one that like, was like, why are you not doing art education? And she was like, if you do this, then you get to go study abroad. And I think that was like the huge selling point for me. And honestly, like, I'm terrible at math. So then I was like, oh, I don't have to teach math if I switch. (laughs) I mean, that was a huge key factor, too. I was like, oh, I won't have to teach math. And I'll get to do art all day long. Like, this will be so fun. I'll just teach little kids all about all the cool artists and all that kind of stuff. So that was definitely that advisor meeting, like, was the pivotal moment where she was like, if you switch, you can study abroad. This seems like more of what you're passionate about anyway. So why aren't you already doing this? And so, yeah, that was pretty much the moment that I was like, oh yeah, this will be good. And if I don't get a job, like I said before, I was like, I'll just travel for a year, go and see a bunch of places and then try again if I couldn't get a job right off the bat. But yeah, so that was kind of the moment that I knew it's time to like make the switch. And I didn't really have to do much extra. Transy is such a small school that I was the only teaching art major there. At the time and there hadn't been one for five years and then there wasn't another one until five years later wow uh, so it was they kind of made the program for me which is what's so nice about going to a small like liberal arts school is that they can do whatever so yeah so i was all by myself like in my own little program in my own little world and uh, <laughs> since i'd already taken so many art classes i really didn't have to do much extra i didn't have to do like any like summer classes or anything to get my major done. Even though it was like sort of a double major, it was not. So yeah, so I got to just kind of be in my own little world. I got to be in the art world and also the education world. So kind of got the best of both by switching to
1: Was that difficult not having anybody else to measure off of or go off of?
0: Kind of, because then I had to, for senior sim. it's part of trains. you have to kind of choose which major you want to do you know obviously I had to choose if I wanted to do my senior sim in art or in education and it was just kind of weird because I didn't really like I fit in with art people but then not really because I was education still and then I didn't really fit in with education people because I was art so it was a little weird we do this thing called may term so may term is like an extra master basically just one class so I had one random may term that I was just in the class of my own it was it was neat actually I mean just because I got to kind of do my own thing and it was interesting for sure. One of my, so the girl that was a teaching art major five years after me, she ended up actually student teaching with me at the school when I was teaching. So that was really neat to have one other person that knew exactly what <laughs> I went through and what it was like to just be a alone major by yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. And I didn't, I, I didn't switch until I guess the end of my sophomore year. So it wasn't like I was alone for too long.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then when did you go to Florence and how long did you spend there?
0: I was there my junior year, second semester. So I was there from January 2011 until um, May. So I did have to come back a little bit early so that I could do like practicum and um, all the education requirements. So I had to leave Florence after three and a half months. I was supposed to be there for more like four. And that was hard, just leaving all my friends there and having to come back early knowing like i should still be in italy right now <laughs> it's
1: So yeah. Sad.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but it was good that, I, that they let me do that i mean again i in italy i studied with a really small college there also there's only five students so they were very flexible with letting me like do my classes ahead of time and then come back a little bit early so that i could fulfill the other requirements for school there so it's nice having a small school you know you can just things your own way, I guess.
1: <laughs> did you get to travel to other parts of Italy while you were there?
0: I did. I we did a lot within Italy. I went to Greece for spring break. I didn't really do a lot of like country hopping just because of the way my classes were, I had a class on Friday, so I couldn't and I had a class on Monday. So I really only had two days. So mm. I really tried to stay in Florence. A lot of times I feel like when you're studying abroad you're gone every single weekend just trying to hit all the different places. But I really got like really great experience just staying in Florence and getting to know the city and really just immersing myself in the Italian culture and eating and drinking everything. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I gained like thirty pounds. It was best three months of my life. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: Yeah, we're we're Italian, so oh, no, uh, God, yeah, so yeah. And then when I finished school, I went and studied. I actually did a study abroad program in Ireland, oh, and that's then. Awesome while I was over there afterwards that finished up. And then I went and did solo traveling and did country hopping and then ended up getting down to Italy and going through Florence and Rome and Venice as well. So that's great. Yeah. That's
0: nice that you had some time afterwards to kind of travel around. I wish I would have been able to do that too, but with my practicum and everything, I had to come back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Florence is the birthplace of the Renaissance, right? Okay. So being in that city and you said that that's like, that's where you're attributing where you found your style. And so it was almost like a personal renaissance for you in a way, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was, I never moved away. I've never really left my family, just going and being in a whole other country by yourself alone was a huge growth point for me. Anyway, just being away from everyone and having to Completely restart. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there that long, but it was hard and scary. And I mean, I got on the plane and just bawled my eyes out on the way there. I mean, not <laughs> um, and then I bawled my way out, you know, on the way back too. Because I'm just like, this was the best <laughs> experience of my whole life. But yeah, I mean, just being able to be in a whole new place, a new environment, and have such amazing like professors that were incredible artists and just being surrounded by all the Renaissance art and all the museums and just being just in Italy in general, it's beautiful. Just the culture, the food, everything. So yes, it was definitely a personal Renaissance. I think for me also, I remember just like getting not digital cameras, I'm blanking on what they're called, but like the old school cameras. And I had to go around and just take photos and, you know, explore all over the city and then come back in the dark room and develop our photos. And that was just like such a neat, I'd never done that before. And just being able to like walk out and like go get a gelato and take some photos and go have a glass of red wine. And, you know, it was just like, it was the best. I'm like, can I just move there right yeah. now and do it all again? But yeah, it was a very eye opening experience and just, yeah, everything was awesome. Study abroad to anyone listening. You definitely need to study abroad if you can.
1: <laughs> Real talk right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that experience? taught you about yourself what did you learn about yourself once you got there because you said you had never really left the country or i mean getting out and standing on your own two feet especially in a foreign place can be very intimidating so what do you think were some of the things that you learned the most about yourself throughout those three months
0: um just that like i can go and do really cool things i can go and be by myself i'm i think i've always been kind of like a homebody and always been close to my parents and like just knowing i can like go and do all these cool things by myself and like every, you know, it all is going to work out. I'm I think that just really was eye opening for me to know that I could go and do hard things and have a really scary, hard professor, but it helped me grow so much just seeing, I think it made me the artist I am today and the traveler I am today now like going, I mean, we've, me and my husband have been all over the world now. And I think that kind of was like, if I can do this by myself, I can definitely do it with my husband. Take me and go to Asia. We can go to Australia. That taught me a lot too, which was really neat to be able to go and do all those things after the fact
1: also. So take us to that moment or that, that feeling that you've got when you've got somebody looking over your shoulder, that's gotta be just the most intimidating feeling.
0: Truly the most stressful experience of my, of my life. I'm not kidding. And I, I live paint now in front of people. So I'll do like a wedding and whatnot. And, you know, people that are watching me, they're not good artists. Most of them aren't. I mean, some, a few here and there maybe, but like, they're just general people that are like, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. Like you're doing so nice. But to have like a professional artist standing behind you as a college student that has, and I had had no idea what I was doing. What, you know, her watching me was truly... (laughs) (laughs) the most like intimidating experience ever because like she knows what I'm doing wrong and I'm like in my head like art is a very like you have to kind of be in the zone and not overthink like if you're sitting there overthinking every stroke you're doing every like little touch and detail you're gonna mess up for sure because it's just it all for me when I'm painting I have to kind of like have music on and just Basically, my brain needs to shut off and like my hand just does it. It's the weirdest thing. So having someone stand behind you that's a good artist, that knows what they're doing, you just get in your head and then you start overthinking everything. You're like, why am I putting that color there? What am I doing? So yes, it was terrible, honestly. (laughs) But that now is, I think that's why I can live paint in front of people because there's nothing ever going to be worse than that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really. And you think about the fact that that that's something that... So for you, that really molded you and it created this almost like a callus to it or just this feeling of, okay, if I can get through that, then I can get through this. Right. But for other young artists who are emerging and figuring out their style, that could maybe derail them like that might shut somebody down.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I could have just been like, I quit. <laughs> I'm done with this. I can't do yeah. Like, please go away, you crazy lady. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Malani, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> um, yeah. So definitely, I mean, that could have yeah, been like a moment where you're just like, no, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. And I mean, she was, she's a very strong Italian woman too. So she was not holding back either. She was like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, terrible, awful. Like, I, was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm
1: my grandmother's a sicilian so i you know they don't hold back yeah. at all no yeah. not at all yeah.
0: um so yeah so, and you know because i'm i've obviously been a teacher of young kids i i do a lot of workshops here and where i'm teaching and i feel like i'm very positive like oh this looks great you could do this to change it a little bit but yeah no she was just like no this is awful <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible artist you need to quit now
1: <laughs> wow 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 uh, yeah. Wow. So, besides that, what do you think were some of the other things that helped you figure out your style? When you say that that's where things started to take off for you or that you gained clarity over your style, what does that mean? What does that look like?
0: I was very torn there because I was like, I love Italy so much. I love being here, but also I missed my family. I missed my friends. I missed Kentucky. And I actually, when I was there, I painted a representation of like, my love and how I changed and like everything uh, and being, you know, in Italy, I painted part like Florence, but then i also painted part Kentucky with like horses and the horse farms and just to kind of show like that I was torn between loving where I was there, you know, that I was there and everything, but also missing my hometown and like where I grew up and just, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of a neat painting. I feel like that kind of showed my growth and everything was changing for me truly. Like, loved being there, you know, it made me grow so much, but then also wanting to be home still too, which is crazy to say because Italy's the best, but yeah, I, I don't know if like my true, true style started there. I mean, I think it was kind of emerging a little bit, doing things very colorful and, um, but like my true style kind of developed more once I was teaching. I'd been in my career for um, a few years and I was starting to paint like commissions and other um, specific things for other people. There was one moment, I don't know if you want to go there yet, but when I really honed in on my style and, um, you know, painting Kentucky and horse racing and all that kind of stuff, that was probably more so like the moment that it all kind of switched. And I like really figured out what I love to paint and how I love to paint. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. So it was my, I think I've been teaching for like two years. I was probably like twenty-four. Or so I've been painting a ton of commissions, like house commissions and pet commissions for family, friends, and coworkers and people like that, which I love doing. That kind of like got my name out there, and people started seeking me out to paint stuff for them. One of my coworkers actually wanted a really big horse racing scene and she wanted it super colorful, very like abstracted and just like a lot of movement and intensity. So she sent me a picture that she wanted and I painted it for her, had the best time. Like it was just like, as I was painting it, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is what I want to be doing. Like just using like bright, like neon greens and pinks and blues and just kind of making the horses all different colors. And that's when I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is what i need to be doing. That was pretty much the moment that I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to start doing. Thank you for commissioning this from me. And I'm going to go ahead and start painting just all the horses and all the racing. And just because like horses are a super hard subject to paint. But for me, I was like, being able to add like throw in fun colors and show the movement of them running and the dirt flying up and splattering paint and just you know just showing all the intensity of like a horse race that was really fun for me and I started to like really want to just only paint Kentucky things and make everything super like abstract but still realistic enough that you can tell obviously what it is and make things really fun and colorful and vibrant and show how beautiful like Kentucky and horse you know equine and all that stuff is so yeah that was that was kind of the moment all like switched over and I was like yes that is what I want to do
1: (laughs) so at this point you're teaching you're doing these commissioned paintings you're creating in your spare time right
0: Mm
1: -hmm. are you doing anything to market yourself at that point had you started thinking about this being a business and turning it into something where you were going to monetize it or at this point where you just like, Hey, I'm a really good painter and people are offering me to paint their pets.
0: Yeah. So it was all kind of like right around, I think it was 2014, 15. um, I had started. So Instagram, Instagram had been around since like 2011. I had one then, but it was always like personal stuff around 2014. I really kind of shifted and was like, okay, I'm going to start posting more of my art and really kind of start putting out there, I was following other artists, like from all over the country. I've, there's been, there was a couple that I was following. And I was like, wow, they're like killing it. They put, they just post their artwork and people are buying it. I was like, that's so cool. So that's kind of like where it shifted to me. I'm like, I'm going to use this platform to get my artwork out there and like start showing it more as a business. So I, I kind of swapped it from a personal, went into more of just art and painting and I was definitely faking it till I made it, <laughs> faking it till <laughs> I make it, because um, I would come home from teaching every day and like post something like I was painting. I was exhausted every day. I was not painting, but I wanted to make sure that it looked like I was painting, and like I wanted to always be showing like content like of my you know different paintings I was doing and this and that. But yeah, oh my gosh, I was always exhausted. Um, And I would paint some days when I came home, but most of the time I was taking naps because man, teaching kids how to do art all day long is exhausting. (laughs) But yeah, so it was about then 2014, 2015 that I kind of switched all over, started using Instagram as like a platform to sell and show my artwork. I got married in 2015 and then literally about a month later, I started a a website, kind of started doing all the, the business things. I started like paying taxes <laughs> and doing all these things that are so scary because I don't have a business. I don't have a business degree. I am a marketing degree. I didn't know anything, but I just knew like if I'm showing my process, if I'm showing my paintings, if I can just put it out there, people are going to like it. Hopefully. I mean, you know, I'm showing myself, I'm showing the process, I'm showing how much I love all these things. And I really started doing a ton of Kentucky themed thing. So I was like, I love Kentucky. Everybody that lives in Kentucky loves Kentucky. So I'm going to paint things that they love and I'm going to paint Kentucky. So I did lots of landscapes, lots of horses, lots of like Kentucky cutouts with colors and you know all kinds of stuff like that. So that's really where it started was right after I got married. And yeah, I just kind of started going for it. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> yes. Do you remember the first sale that you ever made?
0: That's a good question. I don't know if I do. I... I, oh, that was a big thing. So I started making prints. Actually, yes, I do remember the first sale. So I made the website 2015. I started making prints. It had no idea what I was doing at all, but just took more generic. Like, I think I did a landscape. I did a couple like Kentucky outlines and I got prints made and I was like, okay, we're doing this. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're doing it. (laughs) Um, I signed up for some like in-person markets where you like sell, it was, um, market 301, I think is what it was. It was down, down on Manchester street when the, the big like warehouse building. So I had a little booth and set everything up and brought some of my little hand painted globes and some little originals. And I think I only had a few prints at that time, but yeah, so that was like the first in-person selling experience. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And people bought it and I mean, it was crazy. That was, so that was a really big moment. I feel like, cause that was kind of like, you know, I had the website finally, I had like a way to check people out I had a little square reader and yeah it's so crazy to think back it seems like a million years ago
1: (laughs) was that a relief in some sense because I think uh, just I'm just going to speak for me I'm not going to speak for you but I'm down here in a studio in my basement. You know, sometimes it's easy to feel a little bit like, well, my friends have these nine to fives and I'm down here in the studio that I built. But then when people are actually giving you money and you've got that square reader and you're like, this is legit, like I told you guys, right?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. That was, and that's what was so cool. Like people were coming and like bought, and I was just like, oh, you like this? Okay, awesome. Yeah, it was definitely like an eye opening experience that people wanted to purchase my art and, I mean, I made money and I was excited. I mean, it was just very cool. And my family, you know, came obviously to support me and stuff. And I'm like checking people out. I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, look at me. Like I'm (laughs) making money over here. Uh, Yeah. So that was, and just knowing that people wanted to buy my artwork and like really resonated with it and liked it. That was, I think when I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I'm going to keep doing this. This is fun. It was scary. You know, I'm, I don't know if you do the Enneagrams or whatever, but I'm an Enneagram three. Um, and I am like terrified of failure. So anytime when I was first starting, like to not know if I was going to sell anything or if I was just going to make $0 and go home crying, it was definitely scary. But like after doing it a couple of times and realizing like, okay, people are resonating with my work and really like it and they're buying it. And it's like, this is awesome. That was like a really good feeling. And just to know that like I was doing something that people were liking and did it yeah, it wasn't just me that liked it. Right.
1: Well, which is when you're creating something, not that anybody, you you know, you should never seek validation, but at some point like validation does matter too. Like you want to feel validated that it's not just you or your mom or your sibling or somebody like gassing you up that other people in the market is actually validating you and you feel like okay, this is actually going somewhere and it's not just me and the people that love me telling me this is great. This is actually people that are total strangers that are really giving me a lot of encouragement to keep going.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. That was definitely huge to know. And I kind of got some validation already on social media from posting things and people commenting like, oh, this is so cool. This is so neat. Like I want this, where do I buy it? You know. So that I feel like was a really big step too, just being able to put myself out there and getting good feedback online before even doing any kind of markets or anything like that. So that helped a lot too. So that's what any artists that asked me like advice that are just starting out, I'm like, just put yourself out there and put your stuff out there and let people see your heart behind it and your passion behind it. And they're going to gravitate towards it. So yeah, that definitely, social media has been like a huge pillar in my whole journey. And so I, I attribute a lot to that, just being able to have a place to, share with others and show my passion for everything that I'm doing. And I think that's one big thing that when I was growing up, I never thought I could be an artist full-time. I never thought there's, I could make money from that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, But just having a place to show people and like get my name out there was, was a huge, huge deal. And seeing other people, other artists succeed and be full-time and that was like a huge like eye opener for me like oh my gosh people are doing this like I can do this if I really want to if I really like stick with it and right. uh, yeah it's been crazy
1: <laughs> well and credit to you for I feel like you were at the perfect time to be using social media and using Instagram as the tool because what if you had graduated in 2008 and Instagram so cool. wasn't really around you know mm-hmm. absolutely but- I
0: mean and yeah, you, would, you, would, I would have already been into so far in another career or, um, yeah, that's, that's very true. If you didn't have that, that platform, I, yeah, I just wanted that it was possible. I feel like, so yeah, again, I don't want to, I, I didn't want to fail. So I was like, I gotta make sure that I can, I can do this. Someone <laughs> else is doing it. So I can probably do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am an Enneagram person. I like to read about those in my Zodiac sign. I'm an Enneagram four. So okay. I'm big yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're so interesting. So yeah, I, I'm. I'm also a Gemini, and I, I've been told this is the most Gemini thing ever. That I don't know anything about anybody else's signs or enneagrams. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, for you to be looking at things to help you advance the business side of it, because a lot of people, some people are just artists like in the most purest form and maybe they never take off or maybe they never get the visibility that they need because they're not thinking about things with that business aspect or thinking about what are tools that i can use in my toolbox to help get this to the masses because before that think about what it would have been like can you tell me what it would have been like the path to get there i mean what are you doing? You're, you're trying to sell art to gallery? Do you just go and knock on doors? I mean, what's the path if it wasn't Instagram?
0: Yeah, I truly have no idea. And I don't even like, there, I've never seen it model. Like, obviously, that was just not even close to what I wanted to do in any, because I, okay, I, this is a whole other thing with me. Like, I never felt like I was like, cool enough or like, deep enough, I guess, to be like one of these gallery artists that have like, these awesome artist bios and like a really deep meaning behind all of these paintings and all that kind of stuff. I just never felt like I was, like, had that kind of like, I just couldn't do it. I was like, I just want pretty things that are going to look pretty in my house. And I want to paint things that I like. And I don't want to have like some deeper meaning behind all these, you know, in art school, that's what it was all about, like the meaning behind it. And this could be this and it could mean this. And I was always just like, can I just make something that's pink and pretty? And I would hang it in my house. Like I like flowers, you know, like, I like Mm -hmm. to paint a horse. Um, So I just never thought I could go on that path. And I don't know what that path would even look like. That's what I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to be an art teacher because I don't, yeah, I've never seen it modeled. I don't know how the gallery stuff works. It just was very intimidating. I feel like it's a very stuffy art world, that I just didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I think me just, I wanted to paint things that I liked that I would hang in my home. And I think that's why people resonate with it a lot too, because it is pretty, like I like to pair things together. I like to decorate. I like to have like a homey, colorful, like home with art that means something to me. That's not just like weird and has deep meaning behind it. <laughs> so yeah, I just never thought I would, you know, fit into that art world. So that's what, yeah, I just never wanted to do that either.
1: Well, and I think you nailed it is why it resonates because it's real. It's because it's what you're interested in. And for any artist... If you're not creating and doing work that you're passionate about, that you're interested, how could you ever expect anybody else to be interested in it if it's an imitation or if you're trying to be something else other than saying, this is what I like, I don't care, I don't need to have a ton of depth to it, this is just what I love to do and I'm just going to get really good at it. And then to put yourself out there, can you talk to me about what helped you grasp or overcome that vulnerability? Because that's a tough thing to start putting yourself out there and opening yourself up, especially social media is not the most kindest place ever, right? I mean, sometimes it could be harsher than the Italian lady sitting behind you, right? So what helped you get over that? And when you started to open yourself up, be vulnerable and raise your visibility?
0: Um, I think it just like, obviously showing like my friends and family first before I would be like, just putting it out there and seeing if they liked it. Yeah. Just having some validation from other people before, but you know, I never really like worried too much about something Cause I'm like, if this person doesn't like it, then, you know, I'm not for everybody. Not everyone's going to resonate with it, but overall social media and like putting everything out there and putting work out there was generally like really good. Like people were always very kind and supportive and I mean, it just, yeah, I never really had that, like any, no, not very many mean people or anything like that. And good, it good. just kind of gradually, obviously I didn't start with a huge following. I had like a thousand people or something and I would still just, you know, I wasn't like scared, I guess, to put it out there. Cause I, like, I was like, I like this. I think it's good. I'm just going to post the process, show what I'm doing and this and that. And I think what also helped was the things I was painting, someone else asked me to do it. So when I started, it was like, I'm painting this for somebody, they told me what to paint. So then it wasn't like really super vulnerable for me because it was like, I've been asked by someone else to do this. So if you all don't like it, it's because someone else wanted me to do this for them. <laughs> you know, a lot of it too was like dogs and houses and stuff, like very personal things to those people that commissioned it. I guess it would have been, it was a little more scary when I started painting things, like I would pick what I wanted to paint and then put it out there. That was a little more scary just because it was like I've chosen to paint this and if you all don't like it then that's a true reflection of me because I've decided to like do this little series or whatnot. But again I was I'm painting things that are very Kentucky and equine inspired and there's just already a big love of that from people that are around me because they're all Kentuckians. So it wasn't like a huge fearful thing for me because I loved it. I knew people that were from Kentucky would probably like it too and Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And social media has been very kind to me actually. So (laughs) there's not been a lot of hate on anything.
1: So let's keep going with your story and how you got to here. And I've got some other questions that we'll circle back to at the end, but right now you've been doing these commissioned paintings, things are going well, you're getting good feedback. At what point did the business start to take off to where you thought, I'm going to leave elementary education and this is going to be my full-time thing.
0: Yes, that was a scary step for sure. So I um, it was probably five years into teaching. I had just gotten married. I kind of started the business. The I had had the business for probably two years, I guess. And I started doing more like series releases. So I did, and it was a tiny little release because obviously I didn't have very much time while teaching. But I did like, I think seven, maybe five to seven paintings and they all sold like originals. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, (laughs) So that was a huge step, just knowing that they like sold right out and it was super exciting. And then I did, so I was like, ooh, I'm gonna do another release. So I actually started painting globes, like actual like globes, earth globes and, you know, making them really colorful. And I did a whole series of those and those sold out instantly too. So I was like, this is sweet. I'm like, it's <laughs> making like a bunch of money all at once. I'm like, this is so cool. So just like, like little releases like that every, you know, for, I think I did that for about a year or so. And that was just really reassuring, see like how all these people are like rushing onto my website to buy my artwork. Like, this is crazy. It's selling out so fast. Like, I don't even have enough. People are mad because I'm selling out and they didn't get one. Like, I was like, this is so crazy. And just like the power of having social media, like to be like, okay, it's live, go buy them. And people ran over there and, you know, ran online and got them or whatnot. But that was kind of a big step, I feel like, in the process. I started painting ornaments also, little Kentucky ornaments, like an outline of Kentucky with all the colors and they're like the Kentucky counties. So those I was painting um, and did a whole release of those. They all sold out too. I mean, it was just kind of like, it kept kind of growing and I would paint more and they would all still sell. And I'm just like, wow, this is insane. Mm-hmm. I'm you know putting this stuff out there and people are buying it and like hotcakes. I was like, just, you know, it just slowly kind of evolved into me being like, okay, this is, I'm making a lot of money. Like this is crazy. Like people are buying this stuff. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> they like my artwork. What? So that was kind of happening. I was selling a lot of prints. It was hard to like keep up with me being able to paint originals, make the prints I was selling. I was having lots of orders just constantly coming through my husband would package them and like ship them out. We'd be, we'd go and stand in like the post office line for like hours trying to, you know, go ship all the stuff out and everything. But, um, yeah, so it was just, it was very gradual. Like it wasn't all at once, but I mean, also because I could only produce so much cause I was teaching full time. Right. Um, so after I guess two years of doing that, I went to my principal and I was like, "All right, listen here, I have all this planning time, and I'm trying to. And this is terrible. I hope the school district's not listening either. I was <laughs> like, I'm trying to like do art stuff, like my business stuff during the school day when I have all this extra planning. That you know, I've gotten my actual job done, but I was trying to like do this other job, the side hustle, during these hours that I had extra." And it just was, it was just so hard. Um, But I had a ton of planning and I was like, is there a way that I could have like all this planning on one day during the school week and I could just stay at home and work. And so somehow by the grace of God, we finagled my schedule so that I had one day off a week. So I was technically 0.8, I guess, in the school district. I was still teaching full time. I was still had a full schedule, but I was getting paid less. And I had a whole day off. So I was like, this is awesome. So I was only going to school for four days all my day or my one day I could do art, just be at home all day, painting, doing everything I need to do. So that was a huge step. So I was able in that one day to create enough to literally cover my salary for two weeks. I was like, holy moly. Okay. Um, So this one day that I've just dedicated to my artwork is letting me like completely replace my income as a teacher I was like what if I had five days what would that look like how oh my gosh like so it was like literally after just probably half a year of doing the one day of just art I was like okay this is what I need to be doing I mean I can't continue to like I was like look at what this one day is accomplished and if I had all my time dedicate like this could be like huge I mean it really could and I'm doing what I love and I did love teaching. Like I, I was a really good teacher. I was, the kids were great. It was so fun. I feel like I really like made a difference. Um, the school I taught at for six years and I get, I get a little choked when I think about it. Cause it was such a great experience teaching there and being with all the elementary kids. But I was also like, I would love to make my own schedule. I'm not a morning person. If I don't ever have to get up at 6am ever again, I will be the happiest human alive. Um, so Yeah. It was just like, it was a big aha moment when I was like, wow, I can definitely replace my teaching salary. And then, some." like, this is crazy. So that was kind of the moment I told my husband, I was like, do you think I can do this? Like, should we do this? Like, can I just quit? And he was, I mean, super supportive always has been very supportive of me obviously. And so we, I quit in May, 2018. That was done deal. I was super like, it was sad. I cried a lot. (laughs) It was hard just, you know, like leaving all, you know, my coworkers and all the kids. And especially because since I was the art teacher, I had them since they were kindergarten. So it's like, I watched all these kids grow all these years and like got to, you know, go through the whole experience with them, their whole elementary school. And then like, I was like, peace out. Sorry guys. Um, (laughs) And so that was, that was really tough, but I knew like it was the right decision. I just, I had been burning the candle at both ends for way too long, trying to do both and juggle both. And it was just really hard. And I wanted to have social life. I wanted to be able to make my own schedule and pursue the career in art more because I could only do so much working a full-time job
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah, That reminds me of just, that's, that's such a classic entrepreneur story. Just imagining you and your husband sitting on the floor with bubble wrap And it's just like that's like a scene from Shark Tank, you know, it's just what you do when you're getting it going. What do you think were things that kept you going during that time? That has to be exhausting when you come home, you're tired, the kids are wearing you out, and then you're trying to tap into the creative process. And that might be a little bit tapped out. And then you got to wake up in the morning. And what kept you going?
0: Um, you know, luckily, well, obviously any entrepreneur, you're going to be passionate about what you're doing and the whole business side was super exciting to me. I loved marketing and doing, you know, all that kind of stuff that was super like, which I never would have thought that I was going to be like a business person, but that stuff was really fun for me. I loved like email marketing and, you know, doing the social media and all that kind of stuff, but then also just being able to paint and create and make things I wanted to and really just it it's my business is such a reflection of me. So it was just fun to like do anything that I loved. And so it didn't feel like work when I came home. Like, obviously I'd come, <laughs> I'd come home at like three or three 30 every day, take a really long nap. And then I would start <laughs> painting at like 9 PM or so after I'd kind of like regained some of that, but I'm a night owl anyway. So it wasn't that crazy to be painting late at night, but getting up in the morning was always very, very hard. I think that's the worst part of teaching for me was just being up and, out of the door by 7am. I'm like, I don't even know how I did it so long. I don't know how my husband still does it. I'm like, it is dark. You should not be getting up like, this is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it just, it never felt like work because it was, you know, what I loved and my husband loves like the logistics stuff and packaging he, lo- you know, all the, um, orders, he still loves doing all that too.
1: Nice. So
0: it wasn't as bad as it could have been, I guess, or as it probably seems just working all the time, um, because it is what, I love doing. And he loved helping and supporting me and stuff like that. So
1: that's yeah, but
0: it it definitely got to be a lot, especially as I was growing more. And the closer I got to quitting, just like having to do both and still juggle everything and still juggle trying to have a social life. And yeah, but it, it was necessary to quit for sure.
1: Yeah. What is that like when you're so young, you're working all the time and you've got friends who are getting married, having kids, doing other things in life, like traveling. Some of them are being bums, you know, just everybody, di- everybody goes at their own pace. But what's that like to be so committed to what you're doing and maybe to be missing some of those things on the weekends or at nights or the girls night out and stuff like that?
0: Well, um, <laughs> I actually really never, I, I, I have really big FOMO always. Um, so I never really missed out on anything. I would just, I would wait till I'm a procrastinator also. So I have FOMO, I'm a procrastinator. I would just wait till the last minute for everything all the time and I would still do everything I wanted to do. And then I would just do it at like midnight when I, you know, if I had something I had to get done or whatnot. But um, yeah, I always, I was always at all the social gatherings and everything and still throwing all the little parties and events and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I didn't miss out on much. Cause I just, nice. I just do it all. We honestly, me and my husband, we, we don't sleep much. We just are always going, going, going. <laughs> we both have that personality that we're just like going hundred all the time. Um, yeah. So you know, we make it work. And we were still that was a whole other thing too. We um were traveling any chance we got, every break we had while I'm still running the business, while we're still both teaching, we were, you know, every spring break we were going somewhere out of the country. Every summer break we were going somewhere out of the country, trying to still juggle the business and all that kind of stuff. But that's what was a huge like the extra money of having a side hustle was what paid for all of our travels. So that was like a huge incentive for both of us too. Like the more orders and the more and the more stuff that we sell, we can go on more trips. That's what like kind of drove me also because I just love traveling so much. So that really helped me like, oh, we've got this extra money. Let's go to uh, Columbia, South America. Let's do it. You know, like why not drop some money on travel? So yeah, that was also a really big perk, I
1: guess. (laughs) We'll circle back to some of the favorite places that you traveled towards the end, but I want to stay here with... When you are in this business and then you're thinking about starting the workshops, when did that component of the business start and what did it look like after things had been going full time and mm-hmm. take it from there until now?
0: So when I quit 2018, I had been just working out of my like upstairs bedroom. So my studio was just in my bedroom, upstairs, like our guest room. It was just a normal size room. It was not big. I had all my inventory in there. I had all my paintings. Like it was just, it was kind of a mess and it was hard not leaving the house. Like it it was nice, but it was also like, I needed to like get out of my house and not be working because I would end up doing laundry or something when I should have been like painting. You know, it just gets distracting. I feel like being like working at home for me at least. So after I quit that May, I ended up moving my business and my studio to my family's business, which a little background on that. My dad and mom opened a garden center and landscape property office garden center in 1996. So I was six years old. So my parents have always been entrepreneurs. Um, I think that's kind of where I get some of the business savviness and just seeing them have a business for 26 years or so. But yeah, so they have a 13 acre property that's where i'm at right now actually and it started as just a garden center my dad is a landscape architect so he's very visually you know he's an artist in his own way he's an artist with plants um which is really cool and my mom is basically like an interior decorator she's very she's got an eye for decorating and making things beautiful and events and all kinds of stuff like that so um the property is really like it's Got gardens everywhere. It's beautiful. So, we have an office here. And so, I was like, Ooh, hey, mom, dad, can I move my studio into the newly renovated office and just have a room there? So that way, I can have somewhere the people can come pick up their artwork. It's a business. Like, it just makes more sense. Also, we have a wedding barn here. That's where me and my husband got married. So, we turned our old tobacco barn into a venue. So I've ever, and I kind of forgot to mention that um, <laughs> during the teaching and the art and all that, we opened up a wedding venue here also. So I was planning weddings, coordinating weddings here, running events, doing all that kind of stuff, social media for the wedding barn. Also, it's called the Barn at Springhouse. Um, yeah, so that was just the whole other side, side hustle <laughs> that I was also doing in the meantime of everything, but, um, wow. yeah, and that all started in 2015, obviously when we got married, we had, we got married on the Saturday and on Sunday we had people calling to book a wedding. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm on my honeymoon guys. Can we just like, give me a week at least to, before <laughs> we start a whole other new business that we're not prepared for at all. But yeah, so that was a whole, that's a whole other deal. So I moved my studio here to the office so that I could be doing like bridal showings. I could be helping with marketing and spring house stuff and all the things that go on in this business also. And it it kind of was like, yeah, it was a whole, whole other deal. (laughs) Um, So not only did I have that, but also the wedding stuff going on too, which my mom and me kind of helped run together, but yeah so that is we moved down here I was super excited I was like oh I'm gonna have all this space like I'm gonna have so much room to spread out and create and then as soon as I moved in I was like busting out of the room already so it was then that I mean truly like a month in it was kind of sad I was already like um dad this space is really small I can't really fit all my prints in here like what if we built something for me on the property somewhere? Or could we like attach me a studio on the barn? Or like, you know, we just kind of started throwing ideas around about building a bigger space for my artwork. At that time also, so since we had the tobacco barn that's a venue, I was doing workshops like you asked about In the barn. So I would just lug all of my paint stuff and canvases and easels up to the barn. And we, I would do, I would host like painting workshops in there. So I was still getting like the teaching aspect. I was having people come um, usually about like 30 people at a time. And I would teach how to paint a a landscape or how to paint an abstract. And um, it, it was really fun. It was hard because our barn is not temperature controlled. It's a 1920s tobacco barn. So mm-hmm. it was very temperamental with the weather. Like we had to make sure it was only like April through October. I could only do workshops and whatnot. So that was a little bit limiting and just having to lug everything up there and put up tables and all that kind of stuff. So I did it for several years there and it was, it's a, it's a great space for that kind of stuff. And it was really fun. That was a great place just to get people here and seeing me in action and kind of they could shop my artwork there. We, that's a whole other thing. We used to lug all my prints up there so people could shop they're <laughs> painting and stuff. Um, yeah. So it was having the workshops was a lot of work. So I am very appreciative now to have a building with everything in it already, um, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But yeah, so that was just kind of the start to um, like kind of branching out on my parents' Business and making a whole new aspect to what they've already created for the past like 30 years, and kind of going in a new direction, a younger direction with more art. I'm not. I have a brown thumb. I do not have any gardening skills. <laughs> I am terrible at all that kind of stuff. So my dad, yeah, he, I'm sure, is disappointed in me in that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah. So well, I,
1: you paint them. You pa- you can paint them, yes. right? Yes, yeah. I paint
0: them, and he designs. And so you know, it is. It's kind of crazy because. It's, it sounds weird when you hear it, but like the property is just, it's so beautiful and so inspiring. And so there's so many, ad, like, there's like five businesses here, truly. Um, <laughs> that, but it, it all makes sense, I guess, to us, it's art and gardens and um, events. And there's just a lot going on here, which is really cool. So that's what it was neat to be able to kind of bring something new to the table to kind of not revive, because my parents' business has always been really great but just bring new life and new people and new ideas and stuff. And that was what was really cool about moving my studio here is I was kind of in the middle of all that also and could bring some ideas to the table and do more events and just get people out here and yeah, kind of try and combine all of it together.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, on KaylaWeberArt.com, you can see pictures of the studio and the barn and I definitely check those out. Looks very cool. I'm always really... Interested to see other people's studios and the spaces that they create in, and I would highly encourage anybody listening to check out the availability of the workshops and try and get a tour or something. Get in the space, buy some of the art, and I uh, I think that's really cool. When you started to or let's let's take it here. So your creative process. Let's dive into some of that part of it. What do you do when you are feeling inspired or how does your creative process look when you want to get in the studio and start going?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, a like I said, a huge procrastinator. Um, I think I get that from my father, actually. We work very similar, similarly, similarly, <laughs> I can't say that word. Yeah, whatever. Um, and <laughs> I don't, I truly cannot paint until it's like 5 p.m. It's the worst thing ever. So especially now, because I have a child and I have to go home and like take care of him. <laughs> that's why now I paint like very late at night, um, like 10 p.m. I start painting because um, I know I'm not going to have any distractions, all that kind of stuff, but it's unless I have a deadline, I am not probably going to get to painting until like 3.30, 4 or 5 just because I don't know what it is. Like my brain just there's so many other things like business tasks. I feel like that. I feel like I have to take care of before I can sit down and paint. And if I only have like an hour, I'm not going to paint because I have, you know, by the time I get all my paint out, the water, the brush, everything, and I get in the mindset and pull up the pictures and what I'm painting and stuff, then it's time to go. Like I have to know that I have like five hours of uninterrupted time to do it. So it's really hard now with a baby and just life in general. But yeah, so my creative process like I have to have music on or a show or something and basically like no interruptions and it, it has to be evening time for some reason. I can't paint in the morning. I, I wish I was that one of those people that could like get up at like 8 a.m. and like just go <laughs> for it. But I don't, I just can't do it. So I, I don't really even usually come to work till like noon. So that kind of makes probably more sense. I'm not just like sitting here all day. Um, twiddling my thumbs. But there's just always I feel like, especially now here, so kind of to back up a little bit. In 2020, we ended up breaking ground on a huge studio building for me since I was busting out of the office building here at, at Springhouse. So we built me and my husband went all in and built a huge 2100 square foot building studio for for me and my artwork and like a little retail shop area. So I had to hire employees. So I have five employees. Now we have like a little retail shop and then a huge area for workshops and for me to paint in. Oh. Um, so I definitely have to have like space to paint because I usually what I do when I'm in the zone and I'm ready to go I'm painting like seven things at the same time, just cause I don't know, that's just like, I want to like batch work it. I want to do like one layer on every single painting first and then go back and do the next layer. And like, I just want to kind of do everything at once and have several paintings. I always have like 10 things going, 10 paintings that I'm painting at the same time. (laughs) Um, And then I kind of slowly just chip away at each one. And yeah, it's, it's, I have to have space. And that was one of the biggest, the hardest things about my first studio in my house and my second studio at the office. I just didn't have enough space to really like, Feel like I could get messy and start a bunch of projects and just like go for it. So that's what's so nice about my new building now. We finished the building in 2021 in August or so. I had the big grand opening, but yeah, it's just a awesome space with lots of light and um, a loft area for like my husband and little baby to hang out in while I'm working. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's it's awesome. But again, like what I was saying. I get interrupted a lot throughout the day of people coming in and shopping and having to answer questions with my employees and, you know, managing, I'm managing five people now, which is a whole other deal too. Um, So yeah, they, uh, it's just usually at five, everyone's gone and then I can work. And it's so funny because my dad has always said the same thing because, you know, he's owned his business now 30 years too. And he's like, yeah, at five, I can find everyone goes home and then I can finally like sit down and do my drawings and do my landscape you know, business and stuff. And that's just, I guess it's just how we're kind of made. Like, yeah, I can't do anything until it's evening and no distractions. I've done all the administration work throughout the day. And then I'm ready and focused around then to actually like start creating.
1: That's cool though. That you just, you know, like I said earlier, everybody goes at their own pace. And I think if you're a creative, you you never know when that inspiration is going to strike, whether it's at midnight or at 5 p.m. or some people credit to those that get up and their brain is already going in the morning. But yeah, to just have that space where you can go out and you own the building, it's yours. You don't have to explain to anybody why you need to be there late or anything. You just you're calling the shots. I think that's the coolest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, it's it's really awesome and just yeah to so be able to design it and make it however I want. And we like have events all the time and just being able to kind of like choose when I want to work, when I want to go in, when, you know, when we're open. I mean, that was a whole other deal too. Just having a retail space now has been very weird for me just to always basically, you know, like I said, we used to travel a lot. Now I'm like, probably can't really travel as much as we want to anymore because I have this building that I have to, you know, operate and have someone here and be open and be able to answer questions and um, just have, you know, employees working and stuff like that so it's been that's been a huge shift i feel like in the mindset and the business but i feel like it's made us like explode and just grow so much more because people have a place to come and shop and come and see my work in person and be able to like hold the prints and pair them together and um lay them all out and really visualize the artwork in their space um so i think that's been really awesome too just to have a place for people to come and see it
1: were you able to do mostly virtual things online with COVID? I mean, did that disrupt the workshops?
0: Yes, it was. Um, actually, it was weird. I was kind of ahead of the curve on that. I had already started filming online workshops before COVID. It was happening, so I like right when it all happened, I had it already, and it was all virtual and online, which I still have on my website too. There, um, there's three different workshops you can take. You know, at your own pace. It's a whole course gives you a list of things to, you know, the art or the paint and brushes and everything to buy. And yeah, it's really, so that was all kind of happened at the perfect time, honestly. I started filming them in like January, 2020. Wow. And <laughs> right before, yeah, everything, people wow. like, were at home and they were like, oh, this is, this will be fun to do and learn how to paint in all my free time, you know, during all this craziness. So yeah, it was, it worked out well. And obviously we were able to start doing them again in person not too long ago around September, I guess we started doing again. So, um, that was good. And it's, those are, they're so fun. It's so nice having the building with all the you know tables already out and all my paint right there and not having to move it all and take it all somewhere. It's, it's literally all right here. So that's been a huge blessing and makes things way easier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your go-to shows that you keep on in the background when you're painting?
0: Oh gosh, right now I'm watching Outlander. Um, all the, <laughs> All the seasons of those, um, New Girl, Love, New Girl. Usually, yeah, just kind of whatever whatever season of whatever I'm watching, I don't even know. I've gone through a lot, it's, it's kind of embarrassing how many shows I've gone through. Um, anything basically that my husband wouldn't want to watch, like the girly shows, you know, I always watch like The Bachelor and all those that he, cause we do like to watch shows together. So it's any of the ones that he wouldn't want to watch is usually when I'm binging while I'm painting.
1: Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Where do you get your biggest sources of inspiration? Not just now, but just throughout your career, what makes you feel the most inspired to want to start to create?
0: Um, I think honestly, like if I'm ever in a rut, I'll just get in my car and drive around um, like the horse farms and all the country roads and here around Kentucky. Um, it's just so beautiful here. I feel like Kentucky is so underrated as a state and, um, And so I'll just, yeah, I'll just get in the car and put on some like country music and drive around with the windows down. And that usually gets me pretty inspired. I'll go take pictures around town around Keeneland. And of course, traveling is always a huge source of inspiration. I feel like just being in a new place that you've never been before in like a foreign country is like the most exciting thing ever. Like (laughs) it's the best truly. And I haven't been anywhere in like Two years now because of COVID and because of having a baby and it's 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 truly killing me I'm like i need to go somewhere foreign that i've never been i just i think go, trying to go somewhere new a new place every year is like a really important thing to me it's just that's where i feel the most i think inspired and i'm just alive i feel like i know it sounds so cheesy
1: <laughs> no it's great let's stay with traveling so I think I read somewhere that you've been to 31 countries. Is that current?
0: Yes, yes, 31. No. Well, so I I wanted to do 30 before I turned 30. Made it. And then we actually I did 31 while I was 30. And I haven't been anywhere since then. So but yes, yeah, 31 countries, crazy. Very big blessing. I feel like that I've gotten to go to so many neat places.
1: What are some of your favorites?
0: Oh goodness. Um Vietnam was amazing. Uh Ha Long Bay in Vietnam. We did like a cruise through there. Colombia, uh, Cartagena, Colombia was amazing. Mm-hmm. Super easy to get to. Felt like you're in Spain, like in Europe somewhere. I mean, it was just so colorful and flowers everywhere. And just like such a like romantic little place. Loved Portugal. Portugal was amazing. Chef in Morocco was a very weird one that we went to, but um, so cool. It's like a whole city of all blue. So like the most beautiful pictures, like just so inspired. I mean, it literally... The the grounds, the build, everything is like a light blue color. I mean, just Mm. gorgeous. Oh, gosh. Obviously, Italy, that one's, you know, duh. Um, Loved Ireland, you know. Um, Gosh, New Zealand was awesome. There's so, I mean, there's so many places. It's hard to even, like, pick a favorite because everything's, everywhere's so different and so unique. And there's just so many good aspects about every place, I feel like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Where is next? Have you thought about the first time that you're able to get out there? What's that place going to be?
0: Yes, we've been, we've had Iceland on our list for a long time. And then I got pregnant. So I didn't, you know, couldn't go there then. Um, and then COVID hit. So then, and now it's just weird, like having a studio building and a baby. I'm like, how will I make this work? How, I mean, because <laughs> we used to go on like three week to a month long trips at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not really feasible now with the, a child, unless he were to come with us, which would really switch things up. I feel like on our traveling, because we were just always go go go, like get there and just like hit the ground running. And I'm thinking that would change things a little bit having a, a little guy tagging along. Maybe a little. <laughs> he want to. He has a passport, so we're ready to go whenever. <laughs> I book something. I planned on doing Jamaica for spring break with him. I don't know. We haven't booked it yet. I'm still a little apprehensive. I just don't want to get stuck somewhere with like COVID or something, you know, just yeah, with all yeah. restrictions, it just makes things a little more like a little scarier with having to kind of think about all that kind of stuff. But I think definitely Europe, if we can, or Iceland this summer, I think we'll be first up. I feel like Europe would be easier with the child. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I need some like parenting travel tips for sure. But I would love to do um, like a month and just go and live in Italy with Max for a while. I don't know if you saw, I did like, it was 2019. I did a painting retreat in Italy when I took 15 girls from all over the country here over to Italy. And we did like a painting retreat workshop for a week in Florence. So I'd love to do that again. That would be really fun. I think and we could go and, like, live over there for a month or so, and I could teach a couple workshops if I wanted to. Um, so, that would be really neat, I feel like, to do with Max, my baby. Um, but yeah, so that's maybe on the horizon. I don't know. With all the stuff, it's hard to plan anything truly. Um, yeah,
1: because you just don't know if there's going to be another variant that pops up, and then all of a sudden you're stuck in somewhere else. And yeah. Uh,
0: Back and have a studio and employees and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, but that's I definitely would like to try and get something on the books for sure.
1: Have you ever been to Slovenia?
0: Uh, yes, I have. Oh, Wait, no, really? no not Slovakia. Sorry, not Slovenia. Slovenia. I did not go. I wanted to. My friends when I was studying went, and I didn't get to go because I had a class. And they went on Friday, Dude. and I had a Friday class. I was so mad. They did like dog sledding and all kind of like, which is all on my bucket list. Yeah, no, I did not. Get- <laughs> I happened been to Slovakia,
1: which is a very other strange country.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. The, the lake bled when I was in Europe, somebody showed me a picture of it. And I was like thinking about where I was going to go. Cause I was just <laughs> booking places, a couple of places in advance. And someone showed me a picture on a train on the URL. And I was like, I got to go there. So I, I feel like there. it looks like a fairy tale. I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of the little thing in the pond and just, Oh uh-huh. my God. Yeah.
0: I know that's on my list that one there's some I mean there's so many places I still need to go to so I know
1: the place that you talked about in Morocco with the blues I'm a big blue guy I'm a blue guy 50 shades of blue over here yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you need to go there for sure it's it's hard to get to we had to take a two-hour taxi ride to get there but it was definitely worth it it was very neat
1: very cool I saw somewhere else that you had done something with anthropology and partnered with them and had some product in there. Can you tell me about that and what you did down in the Atlanta market?
0: Oh yeah, um, so anthropology was a really big moment for me. Also, they reached out about carrying a line of my globes, and I definitely. So I saw the email and I thought it was spam. Um, I was <laughs> like, "What are these anthropology? Like, this is not real email." And so yeah, they ended up purchasing rights to my globes. I had to paint three flat globes and then they reproduced them onto like, obviously the round sphere and they sold them all over the country. So that was really neat to be able to walk into any anthropology across USA and see my name and my globe and all that Mm. art everywhere. Um, And there's actually a few places in Europe that they had them. So like I had some uh, lady in Sweden, like tag me in my uh, picture of my globe in her house. Like it was just, that was a super neat kind of very surreal experience. And that was kind of like right when I was, I was ready to quit teaching and um, got this big brand deal and that was very, very cool. So that kind of like got my name out there a lot. I mean, obviously it was, I was all over the country and
1: international.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really cool. And it just kind of gave It was surreal for sure. Yeah, that's kind of one thing that we've been trying to do is get, obviously I've really conquered the market in Kentucky. I have several like shops that wholesale my art and everything here. So one thing we really wanted to do was kind of go more national with it. And um, so I went to the Atlanta market this past January and we set up there and had a booth and um, we got a bunch of accounts all over the country. And so now I'll be selling my art all over the place so they we've been shipping it to california new york and texas tennessee so basically um yeah my my arts in all these other states now so that's a huge move and
1: congratulations we're
0: excited about that yeah it's it's been good so we'll be going back in july and hopefully get even more places and yeah that was kind of the next step i guess for growing and getting my name out there more and all that kind of stuff so yeah that was exciting (laughs)
1: <laughs> same thing down in Atlanta
0: yes yeah uh-huh so they basically that was where everybody like it's a huge market and they um come and place orders and everything and that's what we've been doing these past this past month is shipping all that out and getting all the orders and wholesale out to
1: nice.
0: everywhere it's crazy
1: <laughs> is that would that be like uh what is it? Ponce Market or Ponce City Market? Is that? The- um,
0: it is. It's called America's America's Mart. It's like huge. These three huge buildings with like all these floors. It's, I mean, it's truly insane. And there's thousands and thousands of vendors, and then tens of thousands of people that come from all over, like, that have shops and have um, boutiques and stuff, and so they can come and like. Place orders and um, find new things, and um, yeah, it's just like a huge. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you want to go to market because it's just where you can like explode and get your products in shops everywhere. So that is so cool, pretty crazy. Yeah, it was a big step for sure. It was very stressful (laughs) getting all my product down there and get it all set up, and you know, just like the logistics of it all and making sure that I have like a good business model and plan for, you know, starting to do business with all these other places. I mean, it was, yeah, it was crazy, but we made a whole new website for it. It was a lot, but it was, uh, it was was definitely good.
1: (laughs) What are some of the other goals that you've got when you think about where you want things to continue to go? I mean, where do you see like, yeah, what are some of those other goals that you're reaching for now?
0: That is a good question. Um, like I said before, I don't want to ever fail. So I never really make goals until I know that I can achieve them, which is a terrible trait. It's like a fatal flaw, I feel like. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Atlanta was a huge step and a huge goal to go and do. Um, so, it's, you know, we're going to obviously be in it again in July and then hopefully again next January too. Um, but yeah, I feel like just getting out there even more and just branching out. Um, now that I have the studio, I want to make it bigger. <laughs> um we're already bust i mean it's it's truly insane we're busting out of this building and um don't have enough storage room and we're just already like feeling um like we need more space so we do have kind of a plan to extend it it was always a plan to have like a coffee shop here and like more of an actual like retail space separate Mm -hmm. from my studio part so that will probably be a goal in the next couple years is to add on and make a like like a coffee shop and a bar area would be really neat since it's such a beautiful property to have a place people can come grab a beer and walk around the gardens, grab a coffee, look at some artwork. So I feel like that would be a big step and a big goal to achieve in the next few years to expand a little bit. Um, But yeah, just keeping, you know, getting my artwork out to more boutiques, more places um, across the country and Hopefully do another retreat in Italy, take people over there, maybe go live in Italy for a while. That's a goal. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I need to like sit down and really brainstorm some, Mm. some more things that we can do, but
1: yeah. No, that's a really cool vision to have that place where it's a destination. You've got people flying in, not just being able to like fly people out to do the workshops, but having people come in and being a global destination in Kentucky and having people come there. And when you do your workshops, is it like those wine paint classes where you can have I people think, drinking? Yeah. And, uh-huh.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially if we had like a liquor license, we had a bar here. I mean, how fun would that be? You can go grab a glass of wine, do some painting, you know. Dude, um, I mean, it was, yeah, absolutely. It'd be so fun. <laughs> uh, we actually just had a little Galentine's Day event this past Sunday. And we had like a mini little workshop and we had like cocktails and stuff. So people got to come and bring the girlfriends and paint a little painting, grab a, a cocktail, grab some art uh, kind of thing. Mean, it was a really fun event. So just doing more stuff like that and getting people out here and getting them out of their comfort zone, let them paint a little bit and walk around the gardens and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's pretty neat that we have this place to bring people out. And just, yeah, I'd love to be a destination that people want to come to, which already people, I mean, drive from like Cincinnati and Louisville to come like, shop here I'm like this is crazy why are you you're coming all this way for me like <laughs> I mean I'm just always like so shocked I'm like wow I mean that's really cool
1: <laughs> It is no it's really cool and you get to share Kentucky with all these other people that they don't know I mean going back to the cousin stereotype right sometimes that yeah. and fried chicken are all that people oh, know wow. about yeah, yeah. so sure. Get to have people come and experience it and get to spend time on a true, like Kentucky experience, like being in a barn, a tobacco barn, and just the history. And this has been in my family, and seeing it be passed down from your parents, and then how it's channeled and manifested through you and your creations. And watching you carry that legacy on that's a really, really cool thing. Yeah,
0: it is. It's neat to be able to kind of take it and put a little spin on it and make it something that I love and kind of be able to have it all here really is really neat all
1: right just two more questions do you still have the side by side of the Kentucky and Italy picture like a portrait or somewhere that I could look at that I would love to see that
0: (laughs) dig deep in the archives yes it's somewhere and you know what what happened was so we did I painted everything there in, in oil and it doesn't dry. Like it takes months to dry. So I actually left a lot of it there because it wasn't dry. I couldn't take it home. Um, I know. So I I don't actually have it anymore. It could be in my parents' basement. I brought a few things home, but that one I think was painted later towards the end of my time there. So I think it's it's floating in Italy somewhere, which is so sad, but I could definitely Damn. dig deep and find a picture of it somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love – if you do find that picture, I would love to see it because that's like – you know i call some of these like my mixtape days cuz i'm not i don't have a ton of sponsors or anything and i when i think about rappers and just being unsigned it's kind of like and i think about some of the early creations from like i'm a huge drake fan so yeah. his early mixtapes were some of his best work and i think sometimes that's when you're just such at a raw place but you're just creating and just as fast as your brain can put it out and your hands can keep up and your mouth can move and so to think about what a time you were at when you create that. And just to see that, that parallel, I think that was like, I, I don't even, I can't imagine what it would look like, but I'm trying to, but I'm just, I'm just picturing the coolest fucking picture ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, I can, I definitely will look for it for sure. I know mean, it's got to, I mean, I've got pictures everywhere. I've got to be able to find it. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, You've been so gracious with your time. This has been so awesome. I just have one more question for you. What is advice that you would give to other creators who are at any part of their artist journey? What is something that you want all of those people to know?
0: It's always scary starting something new or starting to put yourself out there trying to build a business from your passion. But um, I think like the most important thing is literally just to start wherever you are. I feel like as a president and a perfectionist, I was always like scared to just like, you know, like what, it's not perfect. I can't start, I can't put this out here yet. This painting, is it done yet? It's not completely perfect enough to show people. So I think you just kind of have to push past that and just really just start where you are and just, because people love to see the process and see you grow. And like you said, like you'd love to see that old, old piece of work that I did forever ago, just because that was the start. But like, truly like if you can just get, put yourself out there and start, you know, showing what you're passionate about and just really figure out what makes you like, what sets your soul on fire when you're like, what, what do you love doing the most? And like focus on that and push that and like just really master your craft and, um, Put yourself out there and show what you love and show what, you know, the process and people will resonate with it and they will like the right people will come like love your work too. I think that's the most important thing is just to be your authentic and true self and not try and like be anybody else and just do what you love and what makes you happy and what you know really sets you on fire. I feel like that's the the most important thing for sure.
1: Perfect boom <laughs> mic drop moment right there. <laughs> Kayla oh. Weber-Nord, thank you so much. This has been awesome.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate, appreciate your time and everything. This has been awesome.
1: All right. That's where we'll cut the interview. And um, this will be up next Wednesday. So I'll have this up next Wednesday. And I'll blow you up with a bunch of notifications, putting up <laughs> quotes and audiograms and you know Perfect. stuff on, on social media. But I really have enjoyed this. This is so cool. Yeah. I am wow. just... I wish you continued success and growth and congrats on all your growth to this point. It's not easy to put yourself out there and to start just takes such a deep level of commitment and belief in yourself and you're doing it and it's flourishing and it is resonating and I just have nothing but nice things and awesome things to say. So congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. This has been really cool. So I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me and wanting to interview me. This has been awesome.
1: all right guys that's it that's all we got i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please drop a rating and a review on apple podcasts or spotify you can leave a rating for the show on the facebook page for the show at real talk w Benny T. follow along on any of the social media platforms that we're out there on either at Benny Tomp 18 or at Real Talk w. Benny T. please check out the website iridewithbennt.com and please come back next week because you know we're going to have another episode, another story, another guest and another opportunity to make this ship pop. So I hope that you'll be back and I hope that you'll continue to ride with me and see where this journey goes. I am back next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.